Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Chicago Bears got a late season win last night against the Arizona Cardinals. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the players that stood out the most in that win and the biggest takeaways from that game. We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bears Central, your number one place for all Chicago Bears news and content. What's going on, Bears fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bears Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related. I'm the host, Sarah Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bears Central, Bears Central on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. And I want to talk about some of the takeaways from yesterday's game against the Arizona Cardinals. This is a game where, you know, the, the Bears pulled out the win, and that is the most important thing here. Regardless of how they pulled it out, what they did to pull it out, they pulled out the win. And I want to talk about some of the players that stood out the most, both good and bad, in this win, and then also there's just some of the things around the game. And the first thing I want to talk about is that the Bears' plan uh, in this game, game plan was pretty damn solid on the offensive side of the ball. While it wasn't necessarily the best and the most clear cut, um, and then I do think they had adjusted some when Cole committed, uh, went down and DJ Moore got hurt, but running the ball as much as they did was definitely uh, a big part of the game plan. It was the smart part of the game plan. The Cardinals were allowing 139.6 yards per game on the ground coming into that game. And the Bears getting over 250 yards in that game thirty-nine uh, on 39 rushing attempts was big in that. And Khalil Herbert is the first player that stood out positively in that area, rushing for 112 yards, and then Justin Fields for 97 yards. But Khalil Herbert, a player who I just recently put on my list of players that were potentially on the hot seat, stood out in a major way um, in that. And, you know, the Bears are going to have, like I said, a difficult decision to make when it looks at De- uh, Deontay Foreman, who was out last game because of a personal matter, we'll see if he ends up coming back, whatever that is. But they're going to have to make a decision. Do you bring back Deontay Foreman? Do you run a three-headed monster with your running game next year and having Deontay Foreman, Khalil Herbert, and Roshan Johnson, who was ascending as a young player under the Chicago Bears? But I think ultimately it's a good, it's a good problem to have to make that decision. And so alt- like I think when it comes down to it, maybe even if they do end up holding on to all three of those guys, which I do think is still a bit of a long shot. I don't know if they hold on to three running backs, especially if they think that Roshan Johnson is going to be able to take on a larger role. But Deontay Foreman has been great for the Chicago Bears, and it may also work him into a more longer-term deal with another team that's for more money than what the Chicago Bears are willing to offer. Um, But when it comes down to it, Khalil Herbert, who has seen his number of snaps, his number of run attempts, all the percentages on that go down, stood out in a major way, in a positive way, for the Chicago Bears in that. And then, it just was good to see. And then also another player that stood out positively was Cole Komet. Cole Komet had the one of the best games in his career, 53-yard reception, which was the largest of his career as well, over 100 yards uh, for the first time in his career as well in the game. And this just brings home a, one, a, a really good season for Cole Komet overall, who's just really rounding out to a really good player. And when it comes down to it, he got an extension, and he's played pretty well under a player, uh, uh, an offensive coordinator like a Lugetti, who just isn't the best offensive play caller. That I don't think anybody's going to give him that. And so when you look at him being used 
way better than what he's been used under Matt Nagy, for example. And if we bring in a new offensive coordinator, which seems likely, if they can u- utilize him even better than what he's utilized in, Cole Komet, solid in the in the in the in the pass protection and run blocking, uh, really good in the pass game as well. When you look at it, the last two years under uh, offensive coordinator like Gulu Getzi, he's had over 1,200 yards on 120 reception uh, receptions in that time and 13 touchdowns. That's really good production for a tight end, and Cole Komet continues to be one of the leaders at his position, and it really does show that the Bears made the right decision in bringing him back on a long-term deal and extending him. So Cole Komet is the next one that really stood out in a positive way for the Chicago Bears, but that's enough offense. We got to talk some about defensively. Kyler Gordon stepped up in such a big way for the Chicago Bears. Seven tackles, six of those being solo, one tack, one, one tack, one sack, one tackle for a loss, one pass deflection, one QB hit. Kyler Gordon stepped up in a major way and just continues to show while that nickel position is such a good position for Kyler Gordon. I really love the game that he that he has, just filling up the stat sheet all over the place. And it was probably one of the best games of the season. Probably not his career. Probably, probably he, he had a, a multiple interception game, I believe, in his career. But really good game from, from Kyler Gordon. And he continues to show that he can be used in a lot of different areas. He can be used in coverage at that nickel position. He can also be used in pass um, blitzing. He can also be used to stop the run. Kyler Gordon has really showed a lot for the Chicago Bears. And and just to see what he's become in his second year has been really so good for this team overall. And then another one that I want to point out is is Terrell, Terrell Smith and Tyreek Stevenson, for that matter. Both of these guys had really big games. And you continue to see why the Bears may look at it and say they don't want to pay Jalen Johnson to bring him back. Now, I think that they should. I think when you look at it and having a, a guy that's 23 and, and 24 years old and Terrell Smith and Tyreek Stevenson to add to that young core of Kyler Gordon, who's 24, Jalen Johnson, who's 25, I would like to see Jalen Johnson stay on. But Tyreek Stevenson continues to just play so well. Um, and, to, and Terrell Smith, for that matter, and what they're asked to do. And they both show so many flashes of being really really good corners and, and and big playmaking corners at the NFL level. And so, you know, you really want to keep that going and really keep that uh, that that brewing as much as you can. And you want to keep the chemistry going between the three players that you have there and hope that it's going to grow and you're going to see more of that. And so with the pass rush definitely growing uh, in the way that it has, the pass coverage has just been on that same trajectory as well overall. So got to point that out. Really good games from those guys as well. And then you got to start looking at some of the players that stood out negatively. And I just got one or two players on this list. Darnell Mooney. Like, I think when it comes down to it, the writing's on the wall. Darnell Mooney's playing his last few games in the Chicago Bears uniform. And, and you know, it's not all because of his own doing. I still think that Darnell Mooney can be a player that goes to another team and really does play really well, depending on what that system is and things like that. But Darnell Mooney just it's just been disappointment all the way around like since he uh, you know they came into last season with him as the number one ended up uh, adding Chase Claypool which that was a fail as well and then you when you added DJ Moore this season a true number one you hope that it, you were going to see a better play from Darnell Mooney maybe it free him up some but it really just hasn't happened when you look at it say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill
Darnell Mooney's already played more games than what he played last year, three games more than what he played last year, and he has nine less receptions already, 31 receptions for 414 yards. That's less than the 493. Has one touchdown uh, compared to the two touchdowns last season, and it's been since his breakout season in the sophomore campaign, it's just been downhill from Darnell Mooney since then. So Darnell Mooney's definitely a player that stood out in a negative way. He was just not good for the Bears, and he hasn't really been good all this season. I don't blame it completely on him. Lack of passing game, things like that definitely play a part. But overall, I just don't think that with what the Bears could get at wide receiver in this draft, if they decide to use either one of their first round picks on a wide receiver, is that you're getting, you'll probably get a bigger target, a better uh, wide receiver, and somebody who has better uh, potential than Darnell Mooney. And then when you look at maybe re signing him, you got a rookie scale contract in Tyler Scott that, you know, is not as good as Darnell Mooney right now and has his own struggles in his rookie season. But I think that there's enough there that you can talk yourself into. If you add two pillars or you have a DJ Moore, you add a, a first-round pick at a wide receiver, whether it be Marvin Harrison Jr. or anybody else, on that other side of that, that Tyler Scott can thrive well enough in that slot to where why are you going to pay Darnell Mooney? So I really think that when it comes down to it, Darnell Mooney's playing his last games in the Chicago Bears uniform, and it's unfortunate, man. But, you know, we'll see. Maybe I could be wrong on that. And then the other player that stood out, stood out very negatively definitely is Braxton Jones. Like, and it's not all bad for Braxton, but a lot of it is, especially in this game. What we're seeing from Braxton is a player that hasn't really developed since his rookie year. Now, you could say that that's partially on coaching and things like that, and you could be right in that. Now, I'm not saying that Braxton Jones needs to go where he's at risk of being cut or anything like that, but I do think that his lack of being able uh, to, to defend the bull rush, uh, the lack of uh, uh, ability, to, like he hasn't, he hasn't really added the strength or the technique. Now, that could come in year three, but I think the Bears can't bet on Braxton Jones just being their de facto uh, starter heading into next year. There's really good tackles in this draft. And I think overall, yeah, we need a center. Yeah, we need some depth. But you have to bring in somebody to compete with Braxton Jones for that starting position. Now, if Braxton develops over the summer and he ends up winning that outright, cool. But And then you can move whoever you bring in, whether it be a veteran or whether it be a young player on that offensive line through the draft, is that then they turn into a depth piece or Braxton Jones can turn into a depth piece. And either way, that's fine. But you have to bring in competition, I think, uh, for that. And Braxton Jones was just bad yesterday. And Nate Davis, for that matter, as well. Put Nate Davis right up there with Braxton Jones. Nate Davis was absolutely terrible in, in last night's game. So those are kind of the players that you want to look at that stood out. Now, like I said, I gave Luke Getze credit for uh, you know coming in with a game plan that made sense of going on the ground. But you can tell that there are definitely some issues brewing with Luke Getze. I think that the fr- there is definitely frustration with Luke Getze and his play calling and players not understanding it. And, you know, once again, Luke Getze plays a pretty good first half, calling plays that were solid as well, but then fell off as the game got tighter. And that's something that you just can't have at your offensive coordinator. And so the the issues with Luke Getze have been consistent. They haven't changed. And at the end of the day, man, I think that you just got to, you have to go in a different direction. There's not any excuse to me to bring Luke Getze back as the offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears in the 2024 season. I think you absolutely have to move on. You'd be doing your players, your quarterback, whoever that quarterback is. You'd be doing all of those guys a disservice if Luke Getze is still your offensive coordinator headed into the 2024 season. He's going to do some things that make sense. He's going to do some things that even look good. But at the end of the day, I look at it and I say, it's just not enough. It's just not enough um, to bring him back in any stretch of the imagination when it comes down to that to me. Um, but hey, you guys can let me know what you think on that one. And then let's not overlook that Justin Fields, while his two um, targets in DJ Moore and Cole Komet both went down his two biggest targets, he adjusted really well and then started using his legs to extend plays. That pass to Mercedes Lewis 
was really good. That run pass that he that he that he uh, I'm sorry that run touchdown that he had as well. You could tell that he was looking for players to be open, and when he saw that seam, he took off and went to what was a clear touchdown. And so I think Justin Fields had a really good game. He had the interception. He had the touchdown. Uh, he had a sixty uh, fifteen of twenty seven uh, on the completion uh, right there. But overall, I look at it like this: like he played well enough to win the game, and he made big plays, albeit with his leg. And that was the Justin Fields type game. Over 10 yards uh, per carry that he averaged. Now, I know some Bears fans are going to look at that and say, really, that's we need more than that from a quarterback. And you're right, right? You're not wrong in that. But I do think in what happened and what the situation was in that game that he adjusted pretty well and that he found a way to still make impact plays. And I don't want to overlook that. Didn't necessarily put him on the studs list, but I do think that he played well enough to definitely get some acknowledgement for the way that he was able to execute because, listen, at the end of the day, there were some people after, uh, you know, Cole Komet and, and DJ Moore went down, who DJ Moore did come back, but he was never quite himself after that, that he still put up a pretty solid game. And, you know, we heard good things as well about Cole Komet, that it looks positive as far as his knee. So good thing there that it doesn't seem to be anything too uh, crazy right now with the knee that may not keep him out for a long time. That's what we want to see. Um, but overall, you know, good, like I said, we got the win. That's the only thing that matters right now is that we got the win. And like I said, I wanted to see the, see him get the win. And so, you know, we'll see with that. But, you know, overall, like I said, kind of takeaways, I look at it and I think uh, Darnell Mooney's gone. I really do think that. I think him, Unique Ngakwe are definitely players that are not going to be returning for the Chicago Bears. And don't, and don't be surprised if Deontay Foreman doesn't come back. And by that, I don't necessarily mean that, that Deontay Foreman shouldn't earn another contract. But I do think that is he's shown that he deserves more than a one-year deal, and we've seen that with the rise of Roshan Johnson and Khalil Herbert's already under a contract unless they look to move him to get something back in the draft. Deontay Foreman may be on the way out, unfortunately, just by the nature of what we already have here right now. But, you know, weirder things have happened with that as well. So let me know what you guys think on that. But otherwise, thank you for tuning in to this Christmas Day episode of Chicago Bears Central. Make sure you guys are following the show at Shy Bears Central. You can send us any feedback questions, comments, concerns, chicagobearcentral.gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-279. I'm sorry, that's the wrong number. Uh, 773-242-9336. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related. Thanks to you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, Chi-Town up, but bear down. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.